Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is draft season. Thanks so much for being with us. John Schmelk, Tony Pauline with you as we get you ready and track what's going on in college football. So we're ready to go at the end of the NFL season for the 2024 NFL draft. We've had guests on for the first couple of shows, but now we get to see all the work Tony's done over the course of this offseason. He has all his charts, his grades, getting ready for the draft. And Tony, I thought this would be a good place to start going through what some of the big programs are that have most of the top draft eligible prospects this year. Yeah, and as people who watch the show, well, you know, it's the usual suspects at the top. You know, the Ohio States, Alabama, uh, Georgia's, teams like that. A couple of bigger name programs have kind of fallen off the list we'll talk about. And then there are some new entries as we see programs rebuilding and getting stronger that have players who will impact not only the 2024 draft, but potentially draft after that. And, of course, important to know, folks, this might be on the Giants Podcast Network. You might see a Giants logo behind me. This is not a Giants podcast. We just talk draft here. Nothing specific to the Giants. So if you're a draft fan, make sure you click on that button and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. All right, Tony, let's start in the SEC. It's technically a cross-conference game now, but Texas will be heading over there at some point soon. Alabama and Texas, it was the game of the weekend. And last year, it was kind of Texas controlled that Alabama came back and Bryce Young let him down the field. And Alabama, quite frankly, does not have the quarterback to do that at the current time. But Texas's quarterback, on the other hand, showed that maybe people should be focusing on him as a potential first-round pick come next spring. Back in July, if you read my previews on sports at sportsquito.com, I said about Texas, Texas has the talent on the roster to basically run roughshod over the Big 12 and then make a run at the college football championship. And if they didn't, it was a complete failure in coaching, Steve Sarkeesian. I reposted that before the game Saturday night, and I had full confidence that Texas was going to win the game. I was a little bit worried on, uh, worried early on because I think Sarkeesian, if you watch that game, was getting a little too cute. I mean, it was a little <laughs> too, too much gadgetry there rather than letting Quinn Ewers sit in the pocket, move around if you had to, and play NFL football. Yeah, and Tony, at halftime, you're like, Texas is dominating this game, but it was a one-score game, and you're like, uh-oh. And you go back to last year where they dominated the game and they end up losing the game, but Alabama does not have the pieces on offense or defense that they had a year ago. They got some good receivers. They got some real good running backs, but they don't have the pass rush. They don't have the quarterback. And Texas was able to finish the deal. You know, you mentioned Quinn Ewers. When you look at Texas, there is a lot of NFL talent there. Javian Sanders, the tight end. Ewers, Adonai Mitchell. 
The wide receiver that transferred from Georgia to Texas, I think that guy's got first round all over him. We'll talk about a little, a little bit about Xavier Worthy. Those guys are all first round, early second round picks. Jordan Whittington, the receiver to, uh, to Andre Sweat. But you get back to yours, yeah. I mean, things seem to kind of click a little bit later than they should at times. But, man, uh, he is a big-time gunslinger. He is a dynamic quarterback. He can make the big play. He's got a next-level arm. It's coming together for Quinn Ewers, who, if you look at my board right now, he's like my third or fourth quarterback. I have him as a solid first-round pick. I don't know why more people aren't talking about him as a first-round choice. Yeah, and look, and he puts a nice touch on that deep ball. He had that one rainbow throw to the left side of the field. I think that gave Texas the lead there in the second half where he just put perfect air onto the ball and it dropped right in the bucket over the wide receiver's shoulder for the touchdown. Yeah, I think that was that was uh, Xavier Worthy, who also made a nice catch there. Looking back, the over-the-shoulder catch, being able to track the ball and time his reception. But, yeah, you're right. He can make all the throws, Quinton Ewers. It's just that he's got to be a little bit more consistent. And I think a lot of that, you know, we talked about C.J. Stroud last year and how I was very uh, – uh, I, I didn't think that uh, Ohio State developed him correctly. I think Texas has got to let Quinn Ewers play. Sarkeesian's got to stop with all the gadgetry. Let him throw the ball to tight ends. Let him throw the ball to the receivers. He's got the weapons there. Stop with all this funky stuff. You don't need it. Just let him be an NFL quarterback, which he's got all the skill to be. Yeah, you mentioned Worthy a couple times. He's small, but Tony, he is fast. That dude runs guy runs by people, and I thought you made a great point. I noticed this watching the game, too, on that deep throw I referenced. He was going across the field, right? Yeah. But yours threw it towards the middle of the field, and Worthy had to almost change direction, look over his opposite shoulder and make the play. Not an easy play for a wide receiver to keep their footing and keep their concentration to come down with that sort of catch. At full speed, tracking the ball, basically being able to change your speed if necessary to either catch up to the pass or slow up a little bit. Worthy is a dynamic skill player. I mean, he is a playmaker. He's an electrifying uh, player. And while he made, that was a beautiful catch. There were a lot of catches, a lot of passes that slipped through his hands. There were a lot of contested or difficult catches that he should catch that basically get away from him. So I, I think of the top four guys, Sanders, the tight end, you as the quarterback, Mitchell, the receiver. I have Xavier Worthy. Uh, at number four of, of those uh, players, uh, he's got a, he's got an upside. He's a dynamic guy, but like you said, he's small and he's got to be more consistent catching the ball. Do I people know remember more? those di- the people will remember those dynamic plays? But when you watch the whole film, you know he'll make great plays, and you're like, "Well, he should have come away with that pass." That's what scouts are going to be uh, focusing on. Do you want to give me a little bit more on Jatavian Sanders and, and Mitchell, who came over from Georgia? Yeah, I, I mean, Sa- Sanders is a is a big athletic tight end who, again, needs to polish his game. They don't use him as an inline blocker all that much. If you watch him, he's lined up in the slot. He's basically a pass catcher. He's what the NFL wants. He's a downfield threat. Let's see. I mean, he played incredibly well last year down the stretch. Was a little bit rocky. I mean, he made some big plays, but he was a little bit rocky against Alabama. Has got great upside. Donnie Mitchell, two years ago, and during the 2021 season at uh, Georgia, I, he looked like the next great uh, receiver to come out of the SEC. Not out of Georgia, out of the SEC. He was hurt last year, but when he played specifically that uh, semifinal game against Ohio State, he would, you could see the, the, the skills there. He's got first-round talent. I think he missed nine games last year. He is a good intermediate pass catcher who shows run-after-the-catch skill, who also flashes downfield speed. So keep an eye on Mitchell. I, I mean, I'm, I guess I was kind of surprised that he transferred from Georgia to Texas, 
But I understand why looking at the quarterback situation because he's got an NFL quarterback to get him the ball, and Donnie Mitchell makes plays that an NFL receiver uh, is expected to make. All right, Tony, we'll get back to Alabama when we hit the SEC. Why don't we knock off the two other Big 12 teams on your list first? Uh, TCU and BYU are the other two Big 12 teams that, that you're trying to keep an eye on. Who are some of the guys that fans should watch at those programs? You know, the funny thing is, is TCU has had some good DBs come into the league lately. Yeah. And I was very excited about their DBs. Julian and then Brent's Colorado and, and Shadur Sanders just, just shredded them. So, you know, I, I got to go back and watch that film. But Josh Newton, a cornerback, I'm sure we're going to be seeing him at the Senior Bowl. He's big. He's talented. He's got outstanding ball skills. A guy to keep an eye on. Bud Clark, a junior cornerback. Another guy to keep an eye on. He's a little bit bigger. Not as polished as Josh Newton, uh, but a guy who's got a lot of upside. They got two offensive linemen. Brandon Coleman, they're, they're college tackles. Coleman is a, is a left tackle who I believe projects to guard. You're looking at him as a third-round choice. And Andrew Coker, who's a day-three pick, big, strong right tackle uh, uh, right tackle on the offensive line, uh, a guy who's going to get drafted, a guy who I have him right now as a day-three pick, but if he continues to play well and then he does well in the postseason at either the Shrine Bowl or the Senior Bowl, I think his draft stock will take off. BYU, we talked about uh, – Sumataya, I believe, when, when uh, Bruce Feldman was on the game, making the move from right tackle to left tackle. Big athletic guy, showed terrific pass protection skills at right tackle at BYU. <laughs> you know, the draft is left tackle needy. So if Sumataya really elevates his game, he's going to go very early in the first round. Michael Harper, uh, a terrific uh, prototypical free safety, good ball skills, a little bit short, but has excellent sideline to sideline range. Keep an eye on a guy by the name of Ben Bywater. The middle linebacker, guy who's all over the place making plays, specifically against the run. I'm told that he's going to test off the charts. He's going to run in the four fours. I have him right now as a fifth round pick. He's a guy at 240 pounds. If he tests as well as expected, and he's a guy who's a good player, he could move into the second day of the draft. And Tony, we should give some love. A guy that we talked a lot about at the Senior Bowl last year on day one. Then he got hurt. We didn't see him the rest of the week out of BYU. Puka Nakua with a 10 catch. 100-yard performance of the Rams in week one of the NFL season. He had a nice little week there. Great to see. Great to see, you know, because he was a guy who was downgraded because he's not fast. He's not quick. He's just a terrific football player. He's an outstanding pass catcher. You know, you talked about Worthy, and we talked about tracking the ball. Nakua does that all the time. He just doesn't have that downfield speed, which is why he went so late. But, I mean, good coach is going to find a place for him to produce. And Sean McVay did in week number one. We'll see how that continues down the road. All right, let's go to the SEC now. You maybe talked about Texas, Alabama, Tony. And you mentioned usually Alabama has that one or two premier pass rushers every year that comes out. And you're like, all right, here we go. Do you not see it with this year's group? As far as Alabama's concerned, no. I mean, people are going to talk about Dallas Turner as an edge rusher. As I said, you know, with the early on, I look at Dallas Turner as a complete free down defender. He's a guy who... You know, can rush the passer, but you can also use him in space. Go back to the 2021 film. I hate to pigeonhole the guy as just an edge rusher. Yes, he can do that, but he's not as impactful as some of the edge rushers that we've recently seen come out of uh, Alabama. But on third, on third and five, you can play him over the tight end, and he's going to do a good job for you. Right now, I have Dallas Turner as a second-round pick. Obviously, uh, my top uh, the player prospect from Alabama is Kool-Aid McKinstry, who made a couple of nice plays against Texas uh, Saturday night. He's long. He's physical. He's fast. 
He's got to do a better job getting his head back around, tracking the pass in the air. He's got to stop doing so much uh, face guarding because that's going to hurt him at the next level. But really, it kind of falls off. You know, we're used, we're expecting Alabama to have two, three, four guys in the first round. I think right now, Kool-Aid McKistry, uh, maybe Dallas Turner, maybe J.C. Latham, the uh, big right tackle who's very athletic. But, I, you know, he, he shows a lot of skill. 360 pounds, you know, they kept talking about those big offensive tackles from Alabama, 360 pounds. You can't play in the NFL at 360 pounds. You're going to have to get that weight down because those guys, we saw it Saturday night. Those edge rushers from Texas did a good job just with wide angles around those big guys because they couldn't get out there. I like Latham. I like his upside. I just don't like uh, the weight at this point in time. All right. How about Georgia, Tony? Do you see another wave of guys coming out of that program? I do, specifically on defense, as we've seen in recent years. (laughs) I I mean, I think the top prospect, obviously, has got to be Brock Bowers. I mean, here's a guy who really, since his true freshman season, has been a dynamic, impactful tight end for the program and just seems to get better and better and better. I mean, he's a big guy. He he literally looks like a 230, 235-pound receiver. The way he gets down the field, the way he's able to make big plays, the way he wins out for the contested pass, the contested catch in a crowd. Uh, When Bruce Feldman was on, Bruce was saying how – you know, he's expected to run in the four fives, maybe in the four fours, depending on how, on his weight. You know, he's sort of like Sanders in a sense that, you know, they flex him out. They use him in a slot. He's not a bad blocker. It's just they don't ask him to block all that much. Yeah, it's funny that you put him in there. He works yeah. his butt off. He's he only does. 30 pounds, but he tries. And he does. he's very good on the second level and blocking yeah. in motion. As far as an inline blocker, you know, it, it, it's passable. You're not, but you're not drafting a Brock Bowers. Uh, you, you know, to be a, a blocker for you. I think if Bowers works out as expected as Bruce Feldman, when, when we had him on the show, talked about, you're looking at Brock Bowers as a top 15 pick because everybody wants that big, physical, athletic tight end that can get down the field and create mismatches. And Bowers has done that for two plus years at Georgia. After that, Nazir Stackhouse, the big defensive tackle. I mean, how many defensive linemen have we seen come out of that Georgia program? He's very athletic. He's not as impactful as some of the guys He's not as athletic as Jalen Carter. He's not as stout at the point uh, as uh, as Jordan Davis, but he's a little bit of both. He's a good athlete. He shows some strength. He's just not that dominant, not as dominant as those guys. And and that's not a that, that's not a knock on him. I think it's just a reflection of how good those other guys were. I think Stackhouse is going to be a a first round pick. Uh, they got a lot of got a couple of linebackers there. Uh, Sam uh, Smale Mondin Jr who's a very athletic guy. He's also smart. Uh, uh, Dumas Johnson, Joman Dumas Johnson, who is probably more athletic. The instincts get a little bit fuzzy at times, but you can see this guy going sideline to sideline, great speed and pursuit. Uh, Again, I think it's going to be primarily a defensive draft at the top for Georgia, except for Brock Bowers. But then even later on, I mean, Amarius Mims, the junior tackle, we've seen uh, Georgia as giant fans, such as produce offensive lineman after offensive lineman. Mims is the next next guy. They got another junior cornerback by the name of Kamari uh, Lassiter. These guys are all day two picks uh, on my board, and they've got a lot of upside. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, Jalen Carter had a nice week one for the Eagles. By the way, he looks like he's ready to go. No surprise. We both had him as the most talented player, um, basically, in that draft class last year. All right, Tony, why don't we move over? What do you want to do next? You want to do ACC? Where do you want to go? Oh, we go ACC. We go to Big Ten, whatever you want. You call. Well, ACC okay. doesn't what? really have that much, so we'll go with the ACC real quick. Go ahead, quick. go for it. I, I mean, the ACC, uh, the top program is Clemson, as the top program uh, from the ACC has been 
you know, the past couple of years, even though they lost a bad game to Duke the first week of the season. Uh, and, and again, they're, they're going to have some good linebackers and some good defensive players. Barrett Carter. I, I mean, they had Trent Simpson last year, who was very athletic, uh, fell a little bit later because I was, as I had said all along, even though he's a great athlete, his instincts concern me, which is one of the reasons why he fell. Barrett Carter right now is probably close to as, as athletic as Trent Simpson, but he's got great instincts. He's a guy that will rush up the field if you need if you need him to rush the passer. He's outstanding in coverage. He'll get pass, uh, depth on his pass drops, 20, 25 yards down the field. He shows great sideline to sideline range, great pursuit. He really is an outstanding three-down linebacker. Jun he's a third-year junior. I want to see what his height weight is. Uh, that's why I have him as a second-round pick. But I could see him uh, absolutely ending up in the first round. Uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this game, this guy's last name again. I know I butchered it when uh, Bruce was on. Luke or Aurora, the defensive tackle. Luke or Aurora and Tyler Davis. They got a nice tandem in there. They are both six-year seniors. Both of those guys, if they had entered the 2023 draft, they're both day two picks. They move towards the 2024 draft again as, as two uh, day two picks. Aurora Aurora is. Even though he's a little bit smaller, he's stouter. He's a guy who does a better job occupying gaps, but he's also very athletic, where Tyler Davis is more of a one-gap defensive tackle, uh, a three-technique if he needed that sort of guy. He's put on some weight, as Bruce said. I don't know that he's going to be able to play that weight. We'll see what happens, uh, but he's very explosive. If you if you line up a four-man line and you play a one-gap system, they have a couple of real good uh, defensive backs, as Clemson usually does, Nate Wiggins. The uh, third-year junior cornerback, right now I have him as a uh, second-round pick on my board. And Andrew Makubu, the uh, safety, a lot of people like him. I like him, but I like him as a third-round pick. And then there's Jeremiah Trotter, who is an outstanding player. Uh, you know, he's got great bloodlines. He's tough. He's physical. I have him as a third-round pick because when I watch his game, he's more of a two-down run defender. He's not a guy that's real good in coverage. He's not a guy that gets depth on his pass drops. He's not a guy that you can place over the tight end in coverage, and he's going to basically do a good job. I like him as a run defender, but I think he's a little bit one-dimensional on that aspect. Yeah, look, I think those are some good nuggets here, Tony. And I wanted to talk Florida State a little bit because they yeah. had that early big win in week one of the college football season, I think that was technically week one, right? Uh, where they go out there and they beat LSU in what was a fun game. And they went to work in the transfer portal. We talked a lot about that with a couple of our guests earlier um, on a couple earlier draft seasons. And, you know, Jared versus a guy that could have came out and been a top 10 pick last year, in my opinion, at worst top 15, top 20. And he still looks unbelievable. Looks like a really good player. And then their passing game. I know Jordan Travis is known as more of a runner. I thought he threw the ball very well in that first week against LSU. And then Keon Coleman, I mean, he's showing those ball skills to go up and get it. And then Johnny Wilson's kind of unique as like this six seven behemoth. So yeah. take us through some of the guys at Florida State that you like. Yeah, well, you did Johnny Wilson. I, I think Johnny Wilson is, is this year's version of Elijah Higgins, maybe a little bit better. I mean, is he going to be a receiver at the next level? Is he going to be a move tight end? 6'6", 236 pounds, 4'6", I just, I have him as a tight end on my board right now. Uh, but he's got to learn to play the tight end position. He's got all the physical skills. Real good pass catcher. Uh, you know, he will win out for the contested throw. He's very reliable. Jared Verse, he's an interesting guy in a sense. Six three and a half, two 253 pounds. You can use him out of a three-point stance. You can stand him up over tackle. He seems to get better and better and better, which is what you like. I think that the issue with Verse, and it will determine how early he goes, is how fast he is. 
I mean, I've heard some people say in the high four sevens. I've heard some people say in the four sixes. So I think testing numbers will be very important for uh, verse. I agree with you on Jordan Travis. You got to keep an eye on him because, you know, we've seen quarterbacks who had great senior years and just made a huge jump up draft boards. That could be the situation with Jordan Travis. He's always been really, he's always been a solid quarterback. If he takes the, uh, that jump, to the next level, his draft stock will follow along. And another guy who I really like is Troy Benson, the running back. I, I mean, I have I have Benson right now as a second round pick. He he's a shifty guy. He creates yardage on the inside. He shows the ability to basically beat defenders into the open field with his speed. He's also tough. He's not afraid to put his shoulders down into the defender and pick up that extra yardage. Uh, and we've we haven't seen, uh, or I should say, we've seen you know Florida State produce running backs like this in the past. I like Benson a lot as well. All right. Why don't we go to the Big Ten tone? And, yeah. you know, we talked to Jim Nagy a couple weeks ago. And, you know, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan all had in the teens in terms of seniors that they were watching. But they were underclassmen there, too. So you could take these schools in any order you want. Go ahead. The floor is yeah, I'll go with Ohio State first because I think they have the best top-end talent. I think Michigan may have one or two more draftable guys. But when you look at Ohio State, Marvin Harrison, Jr., I love Ibuka uh, 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 as well, the other receiver. The two defensive linemen, Michael Hall Jr., uh, JT Chuameloa, the undersized edge rusher. I mean, these are all guys that are first round, maybe early second round choices. Everyone talks about Marvin Harrison. I think the, pro- the, the issue with Marvin Harrison is just the quarterback getting the ball to him this year it, it, because they have, a, they have a, a first year quarterback. If he gets the ball to him and then Marvin Harrison tests as well as he's expected to test, as Bruce Feldman told us about in that show, you know, Harrison's going to be a very early pick. Tall, lanky, fluid, long arms, big hands, great bloodlines, catches the ball well. Agbuka, I think, is a real good receiver. I think he's an outstanding prospect, but I think he takes a backseat to Harrison. And I, I think he's one of those guys – it's sort of like a Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave sort of situation where that year Garrett Wilson, you know, had such a great season and Chris Olave was kind of the forgotten man in the Ohio State uh, scheme. Yet scouts realized what a real good prospect Olave was. So he didn't go that far after uh, Garrett Wilson was uh, selected. And, he, he, you know, so far he's had a real good uh, NFL career, uh, probably not, not as good as Garrett Wilson's. But still, you know, he's a legitimate uh, NFL. He's showing himself to be a legitimate NFL receiver. I think it's the same situation with Agbupa. Uh, Michael Hall is a third-year sophomore, smaller, explosive type of entire guy. Uh, Denzel Burke, the cornerback, I think he's got a lot of upside. They've got two real good uh, linebackers there in Steel Chambers uh, and the other kid uh, inside uh, Tommy Eichenberg. And then Donovan Jackson, the offensive lineman, keep an eye on him. I have Donovan Jackson as a third-round pick right now. There are some people who think that he could go top 45, maybe top 32 into the first round. He's a mobile, zone-blocking type of lineman. Stout at the point of attack, but he can get out to the second level and take linebackers from the action. He's got a lot of upside. Again, Donovan Jackson is the type of guy, he'll have a real good season. If he goes to the senior bowl and just blows it away for three days, not like Dewan Johnson, uh, Joe Dewan Jones last year and did it for one day. For three days, he's a guy who's going to watch his draft stock take off. Yeah, Dewan Jones, by the way, had, had to play a lot of time in, in his first ever NFL game, and he actually did a pretty decent job over the weekend. So he's going yeah, to be playing a lot moving forward. So uh, either the Browns are going to look brilliant, um, you know, where they took uh, Dewan Jones or Dewan Jones 
hopefully he won't will be the underachiever that he showed to be that he showed himself to be in the pre-draft process yeah tyler conklin tours acl and mcl for uh the browns so he'll be stepping in for him over at right tackle over there something to keep an eye on. I, I love those two ohio state pass rushers uh the edge rusher and hall inside hall's got a ton of traits if he can put it all together he has a chance to really i think jump up the draft boards let's go to michigan their rival tony uh, they're chock full of offensive linemen. They want to run the ball. We know about the running backs. We talked about them last year a little bit, right? Blake Corum decides to stay in school. A lot of people like J.J. McCarthy at quarterback as well. Who are the guys that, that you really like in Michigan? ton of players. I don't see any first-round picks at this point, and I'll explain why. My number one guy is someone that a lot of people don't talk about, Junior Colson, the, the uh, inside linebacker, who is a three-down player. Stout against the run, stacks well against the run, makes plays in pursuit. Also real good in coverage. You know, I talked about Jeremiah Trotter before from Clemson, who when it's third and five, third and six, you can't play him over the tight end. You can play Junior Colson over the tight end or even running backs out of the backfield, and he'll do a good job for you. Blake Corum, I have much rated much higher than scouts. I just love him as a, as a football player. You talked about Nakua from BYU, the receiver before, who had a great first game. I see Blake Corum in the same sort of situation in the sense that he's not real big. He's not super fast, but you give him the football and he's going to find ways to produce. He's a real good, good football player. I don't know that he's the quote unquote feature back, but I think he's going to fit a scheme where they rotate backs. And he's also a good pass catcher in the backfield. I like J.J. McCarthy. I like his moxie. I like his head. I like his playmaking ability. I'm not so sure about his arm strength. He seems to really have to put a lot of effort to get speed on the ball, to get the passes through the uh, tight windows that's something that will be determined in the pre-draft process when scouts ask him to make specific passes. If he enters after this year, I, I don't know that he's eligible to be in the uh, in the senior bowl or the shrine bowl, but it's something that's going to have to be figured out. I also like Mike uh, Sanistrill, the, the uh, undersized defensive back. You know, he he's sort of like Corm and McCarthy in that he's feisty, he's smart, he's explosive. But like Corm, he's a little bit undersized. But again, all he does is make plays. Chris Jenkins, you know, we talked about uh, Chris Jenkins with Bruce Feldman. A lot of scouts have him highly rated. He's an athletic one-gap defensive tackle. He's explosive. I have him as a third-round pick, and here's why. Chris Jenkins benefited the past two years from Mozzie Smith being in the middle of that defensive uh, line, gobbling up two uh, double-team blocks, sometimes triple-team blocks, which freed things up for Chris Jenkins. Mozzie Smith is no longer there. So I want to see how Chris Jenkins does – now that he doesn't have somebody playing next to him that's going to command double and triple team blocks. We'll see how he does on his own. Michigan's basically had a, you know, a, 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 a cream puff schedule early on. Let's see what happens when they go up against Ohio State, when they go up against the Penn State that's got an outstanding uh, offensive line. You mentioned the offensive lineman, Zach Zinter, uh, the guard, Miles Hinton, the uh, uh, transfer from uh, Stanford, who I really like a lot. Trevor Keegan, the Darius Henderson, it goes on and on and on. A lot of these guys are going to be day three picks. Some of them may not even be drafted, but they're all being camp and they will all have a chance to make an NFL roster at the next level. And then, Tony, Penn State, we know they know how to recruit down there. Um, I really like their corner. I watched him over the summer. I think uh, he's a very, very interesting player. Who else do you like on that Penn State roster? Yeah, this is the sleeper team in, in the Big Ten as far as I'm concerned. And their first-year quarterback is playing well. You know, obviously, everyone talks about Fashanu. If Fashanu enters the draft, he's probably battling Paris Johnson to be that first offensive tackle off the board. We he, loved him last year. We loved him. Anyway, had some hip and shoulder injuries 
which I was told uh, basically sent him back to school. I'm sure he got a huge NIL deal, which kind of softened the blow and made going back to school more attractive. But I mean, he's he's very athletic. He's very mobile, fundamentally sound. You know, when I watch the offensive linemen, it's just not how they move around. Is are, when they're moving around, are they playing with good knee bend? Are they using their hands properly? He does it. So he's going to be a, a very early pick. I love Chop Robinson. I don't see a huge spread between Fashano and Chop Robinson. Chop Robinson, number 44, maybe a little bit undersized, but the guy is an impact defensive player. He's an athlete, man. Oh, man, the way he moves, his explosiveness, it's off the charts. Great edge rusher. I see him split double-team blocks on the inside, constantly penetrating the line of scrimmage, <laughs> getting down the sidelines laterally to make plays out in space, as you mentioned, that athletic, that athleticism. I, I mean, there was just so much to like about Chop Robinson's game. I see Chop Robinson as a top 12 pick. Let's see what happens. Let's see where the chips fall. But this guy's got impact defensive player, and everybody focuses on Fashano. I understand why. But Chop Robinson, when I watch the film, I'm just wild by the guy. I mean, time no, I mean, I'll time be honest. And, and some of these over-the-summer rankings, you know, they had maybe one of the Alabama edge rushers, you know, ranked ahead Chop Robinson. I watched probably eight or nine edge rushers over the summer. And Robinson was my favorite one. I thought he had the most potential as a high level pass rusher. You know, it's very, look, pass rushing isn't simple, but scouting edge rushers is, is in some ways simple. You need to be an unbelievable athlete to be a really good pass rusher. It's hard to not be a good athlete and be a good pass rusher. And you just watch Chop Robinson. He moves differently than a lot of the other guys that are out there at that position. And the thing is, he's not a one-trick pony. He's not just a a, a wide edge rusher. Like I said, he splits double-team blocks. He's got a good inside move. He'll get out into space to make plays in pursuit to chase the action. I mean, he has a a, a complete game. Want to see what his true height and speed are. Uh, But again, you know, just watch the film on Chop Robinson. Curtis Jacobs has been a good linebacker at uh, Penn State for three years now. He's a three-down defender. Good against the run, good in pursuit. You can use him uh, in coverage over the tight end or running, uh, uh, covering running backs out of the backfield. Uh, you mentioned Kalen King. Want to see him kind of brush his technique a little bit. Yep. Does a bit of face guarding, a little bit too much face guarding. Little but he's, he is your prototypical, physical, aggressive, in-your-face type of cornerback that we've seen come out of Penn State the, the past couple of years. Adisa Isaac. Sort of a uh, he's a smaller defensive end that's going to probably uh, project to a, a three four stand up linebacker uh, at the next level. Very, a tough guy, very explosive, not as impactful as Chop Robinson, not as athletic, but he's got a lot of athleticism. And you know, you mentioned the offensive line. We talked about Fashano. You look at the uh, the Penn State offensive line. Caden Wallace on the right side, day three pick. Sal Wormley. Their big uh, uh, offensive guard, day, uh, day three pick. Hunter Nazard, uh, the, the transfer from, I believe, was Cornell, six-year senior, day three pick. So Penn State has got a terrific offensive line. I love their prospects. And from a college football point of view, I, I mean, I think they are a sleeper team in the Big Ten. Yeah, I'll come down to that quarterback play, right? And if he can continue to play exactly. well, maybe they got a shot. Absolutely. Because, look, the Big Ten – you mentioned Ohio State. They have quarterback issues. They're still trying to figure that out. You know, McCarthy, he's a good player, but Michigan's still a run game, right, at, at their core. that that That's what they want to do. So if they can figure out – Penn State can figure out that quarterback position, they have a shot. And, and so far, so good. And I think when you look at Penn State versus Michigan, Michigan may have more overall talent, 
But Penn State has the more impactful talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They have the guys that will basically wreck the game or alter a game's momentum with Robinson, Chop Robinson, with Isaac, you know, with Kaylin King with the big interception. They have those type of players on defense. All right, let's wrap it up here with the Pac-12, Tony. Not that these two teams will be in the Pac-12 for much longer. They'll be oh. headed to the Big Ten. With I'm, I'm never going to figure out where all these teams and these conferences are, Tony. I'm not going to lie. But Oregon and Washington are really the two teams you're keeping an eye on here. Who do you like from those schools out west? I know uh, Washington has that really, really good edge rusher, right? Trice coming off the edge right. there. Braylon Trice, right. When you look at these two schools right now, you're not looking at any first-round choices. You're probably stretching it if you have, you want to say they got top 45 picks. But they got players who can move up boards, primarily bottom half of day two guys, as the way they sit on my board. You look at Oregon, Tony Franklin, the receiver, good, not great. Uh, I mean, he's a feisty guy. He competes. He's got he's a decent vertical receiver. Don't know what his pure 40 time is, but he's uh, you know, he he's an impact receiver who I think could be a good number, uh, number three, maybe number two at the next level. I have a third round grade on him. Bucky Irvin, the running back who didn't play all that well against Texas Tech on Saturday. But a guy that if you watch the film, especially last year, they give him the ball. No one can stop him. He beats he beats uh, the defensive uh Defenders on the inside, he can turn the corner, he picks up big chunks of yardage uh, from the line of scrimmage, and he's an outstanding pass catcher out of the backfield. <clears throat> Bo Nix, I mean, Bo Nix at the top of his game looks like a top 45 pick, and then there'll be some streakiness where you're like, you know, head scratching, but Bo Nix, you look at where Bo Nix is, where, where he is today, compared to where he was as a freshman at Auburn, and you're like, wow. I mean, as a freshman at Auburn, you're like, find this guy a new position because he can't play quarterback. Yeah. Now you're now you're looking at, at him as a day two pick. Yeah, Tony, I think what NFL teams will like about him is that he's had to deal with crushing failure, right? I mean, what happened to him at Auburn was something that would end a lot of careers, right? Players just like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, it was his school. He was a, such a big name there, and it right. just fell apart. But he stuck with it. And to your point, he's turning himself into a legitimate pro prospect at Oregon now. Good for him. Yeah, Legacy, whose dad, uh, you know, was was a famed quarterback at Auburn. But then you look at that Auburn program uh, under Harson and basically how the bottom fell out for not just Bo Nix, but the entire program. Sure. You go to you go to Washington. They got two terrific receivers in Jalen McMillan and Romeo Odunzi. Two different types of receivers. McMillan's more your downfield threat, your quicker run after the run after the catch threat. Odunzi is more of your bigger possession type of receiver who wins out for the contested throws. Both of those guys are, are third, uh, uh, third round prospects on my board. Braylon Trice, you talked about, uh, who enters his senior season. You know, he's your sort of your one gap defensive end, three, four outside linebacker who shows some strength at the point. It's not the biggest guy in the world, but consistently penetrates the line of scrimmage to impact the game. And Tony Fatanu, their left tackle, who I think is going to be an outstanding zone blocking guard, on Sunday, you watch him. He moves well. So again, solid fundamentals, plays with good knee bend, blocks with leverage, uses his hands exceptionally well, moves well around the field. Not the strongest guy in the world, not the biggest guy in the world, which is why I say he's a college left tackle who projects to his own blocking guard on Sunday. You know, it's funny, Tony. I'm going to ask you about Adunze because I agree. I watched him this summer, and we didn't talk about it. And my, I look at my notes. They're exactly the same as yours. Bigger guy. Not a lot of juice, good receiver, good hands, kind of a possession guy. But then Feldman had him in his top 100 on his free list, and he's like, yeah, he's going to test in the low 4-4s, four which when you watch it, it's hard to believe 
But if he does test that well at that size, I think he's going to shoot up depending on if those testing numbers are legit. Yeah, and, and it's a matter of, you know, getting him to take those testing numbers, transition those testing numbers onto the football field. You remember, I mean, a lot of the same things were said about Brees Hall. I mean, Brees Hall, the yeah. big question, the running back, and I was well, he doesn't look fast. He doesn't, you know, he's not a true perimeter runner. He goes to the combine, he runs, what, a 4-3-9 or something like that? And now it's they've coached him to transition that speed onto the football field. That's so much of it is, you know, you run a 4-4-2 in shorts and a T-shirt, now you got to run a 4-4-2 in pads with a helmet on, with got with a defender on the other side, thinking and knowing what your assignments are. You know, it's a matter of transitioning that that 40 time into football speed. Yeah, and he looked damn good in his first game on Monday Night Football, didn't he? Man, I mean, I know oh, he's he was carries him. Yeah, he, was, he, was, he was phenomenal last year before uh, before he hurt his knee. Reminds me a lot of Curtis Martin, the way he – where there seems to be no yardage available. He just finds a way to pick up yardage, Brees Hall. Uh, and again, I, I mean, if, if you watch the New York Jets, I mean, from the time he got hurt, it was all downhill for that team. And uh, on the Monday night game against uh, the Bills, again, he was picking up huge chunks of yardage. Uh, just a phenomenal running back if he's able to stay healthy. Yeah, coming off an ACL, pretty impressive. Like to see it. All right, folks. So draft season, we're going to try to do it every week during the season here. But we're going to try to make the episode since it's every week. I know people watching the NFL, they got a lot going on. We're going to try to keep the episodes a little bit smaller, around 30 to 40 minutes or so in that area to give you time to watch everything. But we're going to try to get to you every week. Maybe there'll be a week here or there like next week might be tough. I'll be in Tempe for the for the Giants 49ers, but we'll do our best to get something up. We'll track college football. We'll have some guests on. We'll look at how maybe some of the rookie classes doing in the NFL and the AFC and NFC to give us some stuff to talk about. So make sure you stay tuned to draft season the rest of the season. Tony, closing thoughts before we say goodbye? I think the close the closing thoughts are, you know, there's two programs that we didn't talk about that are usually in this, and that's LSU and Oklahoma. I mean, and those programs, as you know, we saw Oklahoma last year. We saw LSU the first game of the year. Those programs are down. LSU may have a player or two taken in day two. When you look at the Oklahoma roster, I don't see any top 100 picks. I mean, wow. Oklahoma is a team that has consistently put players into the first round. You you look at their uh, roster this year, and you know maybe the receiver, maybe the offensive lineman, a uh, Guyton if he has a big year, pops into day two of the draft. But right now, I, I mean, you, you can't expect a lot from Oklahoma. They just don't have the talent on the field. A lot of that is the transfers following their coach to USC. Is that the problem there? That's a large part of the problem. And, you know, the, the new coach has got to be able to recruit players, although they won't impact the draft for a couple of years. So, And it's reflective in their record. I mean, they were terrible last year. Uh, they had a big game early on. Let's see what happens when they get into the meat of their schedule. Let's see what happens when they play Texas in the Red River rivalry. Yeah, one more follow-up on LSU, Tony. Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver. Yeah. I liked him when I watched him over the summer. I was a little disappointed when I watched the game against Florida State. I didn't think he did as much as I would have liked. Your thought on Neighbors? I have Neighbors right now as a third-round pick. I think Neighbors' uh, fate is basically goes hand-in-hand hand with Jaden Daniels. That was going to be my question. I think he's impacted by the quarterback play. I agree with you 100%. You know, and as we saw with Daniels last year, he was not good in the beginning of the year. Neither was K- was Kayshawn Booty. And then all of a sudden, da- Daniels really kicked it in the gear and gave a lot of people hope as the season went on, especially that victory over Alabama, and Booty picked it up. So I, I think it's a situation where na- neighbors who I was th- third-round pick, his fate is relies heavily on the consistency of Jaden Daniels, who's shown a lot of inconsistency the past, what, six years, five years in college. 
with you. Tony, good stuff. We'll see you next week for another episode of Draft Season. Look forward to it, John. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Enjoy your college football and NFL week, and we'll catch up with you early next week. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 